we're, we're here in this season of life that's so crazy, and so we can look at really over the last uh, five months or so and just think, man, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Anybody said that once or a hundred times? You just said, I don't know about you, but I've never been so excited about a soon coming January, just so I can flip the calendar and be like, can we talk about 2021 just a little bit? But uh, yet at the same time, I recognize this. So far, the devil must be thinking he's having a heyday, but how many of you are bold enough to believe that 2020 can still be redeemed, that God can still do something these last few months as we move into the fall? That's what we're praying for and believing for. That's why we're building up the church family. That's why we're building up the people of God. That's why we're having a coming back to church Sunday on September 20th. And while we're launching groups and doing all that we're doing, we believe that our best days are ahead of us and that the devil does not get the last word. Now check this out. You got to be with us this Wednesday night for deeper. That is one of the ways I'm just telling you, if you've ever been to a deeper night with us before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's something special about God's people coming together to pray and to worship together and to really just fight against hell on behalf of our families, on behalf of our church. This Wednesday night, Deeper Night, is going to be special. You don't want to miss it, so make sure that you're there. Well, hey, we're a part of this series that just got kicked off last week. It's this series called uh, Really Unhealthy, or we're looking at at the lack of health and some areas in our lives that could be uh, really strengthened or bettered, so we're calling it like moving towards a better you. How many of you feel like as good as you are, you could be a little bit better, just a little bit? Come on, wave at me. Just type in the chat, say, yeah, maybe a little bit. I could get a little bit better. There are all kinds of ways that we can struggle, whether it's mental health, emotional health, physical health, relational health, uh, financial health issues that we can find ourselves at times going, man, this right here is probably not best. I need to be a little bit stronger or a little bit better there. As it relates to our effort to grow uh, to that end and to see all of us just growing in health, I want to share an opening story here with you. It's a well-told, well-worn, oldie but a goodie. So maybe you've heard this one before, but it's a great uh, story of how we've got to really pay attention to our responsibility to own our own health. There was a man who lived in an area that was expecting a storm. The, the uh, leaders in the, in, in, in the community were saying, hey, we're anticipating flooding. We need you to evacuate. This man said, I'm not going anywhere. I trust God. I'm going to pray. And so the relief worker said, are you sure? He said, no, I'm not leaving. Said, okay. And so he, he, he left. And so the rains came down. The waters began to rise. And when it did, his yard became flooded. And then even just the, the, the lower level of his home was flooded. So he went upstairs. And so he was looking out the window. And you could see the water, you know, just continue to rise. And so a boat comes by. And he says, sir, we're here to help you. Just jump in the boat. We can rescue you. He said, no, thanks. I'm praying. I believe God. God's going to answer me. He's going to rescue me. So the boat left, and so the waters continued to rise. Now the man's out on top of his roof. He's sitting on the top of his house, and the water's just inches away from him. And a helicopter comes, and it lowers down a rope and says, grab the rope. We can rescue you. Just grab the rope. And he says, no, thanks. I'm trusting in God. I'm praying, believing that God's going to rescue me. And so the helicopter leaves, the water continue to rise, the man drowned. And so now he's in heaven. And so he goes to God and he says, God, all these years I served you. I was in church. I was faithful. I worshiped. I gave. I prayed and I believed that you were going to rescue me. Why did you not rescue me? And God said, bro, I sent you a relief worker. I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. What you waiting on? 
How many of you know that sometimes the help that we're waiting for looks different than what we expected? And as we get ready to jump into this talk today, the reason I share that particular story is I believe that God has a breakthrough for some of us that he may just send to us in a way that we don't expect. And if we're not paying attention, we could miss it. See, there are all kinds of different pains, and with these different pains, there are different paths that will lead to our healing. If if you're struggling with, with emotional unhealth, I believe that this message can help you today. If you're struggling with mental health issues, I believe that this message can help you today. If you're struggling with financial health issues, I believe that this message can help you today. But if you bumped your head on the car door when you came in and you got blood coming down your face right now, this message ain't going to do anything for you. You need to call 911. You don't need a sermon. You need stitches. Can I get a witness right now? There are all kinds of different pains, and so what I want to be very clear right out of the gate is as I get ready to introduce this thought to you today on how I believe God can bring healing to you is if you would acknowledge that in some cases you need to go and you need to get medical help. In some cases you need a doctor to prescribe some medications that could that could minister to your body, that could help you to get healthy. Some of you need to go to a counselor and get some help. There are all kinds of different ways that we can go about experiencing health. But I, I kind of was introduced, maybe if you'd say it that way, to a, to a different thought than I was looking for at the time when, when uh, some of you are familiar with my story. I've had four back surgeries, and as a part of just living with chronic pain, I'd become like just my life was centered around this pain, and it was affecting everything, and I was taking so much medication. It was just affecting my whole life, and so I went to the Mayo Clinic, and I checked into their pain rehab, their chronic pain rehab program, and it was supposed to help me to learn how to deal with the pain. And, and they were going over all the stuff that I had to do. And then I was in one of these classes and, at, at, at one point, and they said, now what you need to do in order to be able to overcome your pain is you need to stop thinking about your pain. Have you ever had somebody give you some advice and you say, you know what, I got some advice for you. you know, I just wanted to tell her, it's, like, it's easy for you to say to forget about my pain. I'm the one living with it. I'm the one that every, every minute has a signal going to my brain that says, ouch. Ouch, 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 ouch. And it never stops. And you want me to say, stop thinking. I'd love to stop thinking about my pain. I just thought, what in the world is this teacher talking about? But the lesson that they were passing on to us is that sometimes we can become so consumed by our pain that we're actually empowering our pain And the pain becomes worse and exasperated. And one of the tools or techniques that they taught us is to learn to stop, focus on, don't talk so much about it. And don't let everybody around you say, how's your back doing? How you feeling? Can I get this for you? Can I get that for you? And they said, instead, look at what you can do to help other people with their pain. Can I just tell you, as soon as they said that, I was like... I rebuke that. I'm in pain right now. But I was learning, if I want to be healthy... As healthy as I can be, this was a boat, this was a helicopter coming my way, and I could choose to argue with it, or I could get on board and be blessed by it. That's why today I want to talk to you about this thought of healing through helping. Healing 
through helping because I want you to know that this isn't just a Mayo Clinic idea. How many of you understand that this is a Jesus idea? Many times, in many cases, the secret to your own health will be your commitment to bringing help to others. We see this played out dramatically in this awesome story. I think that you're going to enjoy this story. It's a really cool one found in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, this is the story of the prophet Elijah, the man of God, Elijah, powerful man of God, saw all kinds of supernatural miracles happen in his ministry, the man of God, Elijah, and, and, and he, he's in a time to where there was no rain, it's a powerful story, but as a result of no rain, now you've got this, this drought, you've got this famine going on, and so Elijah's hungry and he's needing some food, and so God tells Elijah to go to this widow, this widow in Zarephath, and this is a story that is not only miraculous, but it is mind-boggling, because you think about those few words that I just kind of rolled off nonchalantly right there, that the man of God was sent to, who did I say? A widow in Zarephath. And this is something because this would be a lady who is grieving the loss of her husband. As we read in the story, she's got her son there with her, and they are a part of this famine as well. Their situation, their circumstances are severe. Grieving loss, maybe you've lost a loved one before, and you know how that impacts your life, especially if you're a widow in biblical times. Going through loss and now facing death, a slow agonizing death by way of starvation. And yet, if you're familiar with the story, you know that we're about to read about a mighty fine, pretty cool miracle that happens in her life. Let's just jump into it. I think you'll like the story. First thing we're going to learn from this widow on her way to her miracles, number one, she had a word from the Lord. If you take a note, you can write it down. She had a word from the Lord. First Kings chapter 17 verse 9 says to Elijah, go to once Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. Look at the, what it says. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Is it just me or can we all agree that this doesn't make a lick of sense what we read right there when we just read that? Come on, you just got to be real. He says to the man of God, he, this guy's hungry, Elijah needs some food, and he says, I am sending you to, yes, Lord, where are you going to send me? I mean, God could have done anything. He could have continued to, to feed him and provide for him supernaturally. He could have dropped down gift cards to McDonald's. He could have done anything to be like, here's how I'm going to provide, and how does God do it? He says, I'm sending you to a widow who's grieving who else we'll see in the story is down to her last meal for her and her son. And God says, go to her. I've spoken to her about taking care of you. She had a word from the Lord. God had spoken to this widow and said, I'm about to send somebody to you and I want you to help them. 
Can you imagine what the widow must be thinking when she's carrying all that she's carrying? She's trying to muster up strength just to be strong, to be brave, to answer the hard questions from her son. Mom, I'm hungry. I know, sweetheart. We're just trying to do the best that we can. Mom, I I don't feel well. I'm, I'm starting to not feel. I don't have any energy. I know, son. Listen, mom loves you. All that she's carrying. And God speaks and says, hey. I know you don't have any food. I know that you and your son are starving to death. I'm about to send somebody your way. Make sure you take care of them and give them something to eat. How many guys know the widow was like, what in the world are you talking about? Can we be honest? There are times that you and I read the Bible, and it doesn't make a lick of sense to us either. Can you be real right now? Right, you say, I know that God is always right. I know that God never lies. I know that God is always dependable, faithful, and reliable. But is this a misprint? You know you've thought that before. You're reading the Bible and it doesn't make sense. It says that we're supposed to love our enemies. You're like, well, you don't know my enemies. It says that we're supposed to be kind to those who hate you. How am I supposed to do that? Maybe right now you're battling with physical issues. Maybe you're living with pain. Maybe you're battling with anxiety. Maybe you're battling with fear. Maybe you're battling financial stress. You're buried in debt. And so you wake up in the morning and you say, oh, God, I just lay all my knees before you. God, I'm desperate. I don't know I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know I'm going to make it. God, I don't have enough. And you're saying it all before the Lord. And then the Lord directs you to 1 Kings chapter 17 about the, about the widow who's supposed to help somebody else. And you're like, that's, there's no way that's the verse for today. And so you move beyond that one. You're like, man, the Old Testament can be weird sometimes anyway. Let's go to the New Testament. And so you go to the New Testament, and then you get there, and you see Jesus telling a, a, a young boy who has some bread and fish. He says, all these people are hungry over here, so let me have your food. You're like, man, I don't like that passage either. And so you keep reading, so you go to the Good Samaritan. So now you find somebody who's on their way doing their own thing, see somebody who's hurting, and for all of the the cultural reasons should say, hey, we have animosity between us. We do not get along, so I'm going to keep going. But he stops, and he makes personal sacrifice to help somebody else who is in need. And you look at it, and you go, I can't get away from this. This is everywhere in the Bible. God spoke to the widow, and God has spoken to us through his word. He had a word for her, and he has a word for us. Listen to Romans chapter 12, verse 13. It says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Don't you, don't you hear that, and you just think, I am your people, and I am in need. Let somebody else come and help me. This widow didn't start uh, uh, getting so self-focused and so preoccupied with her own need that she started grumbling and complaining. You know, she could have she started comparing situations. Somebody going to bring somebody some food. Elijah needs to bring some to me. He's the man of God. He's the spiritual one. I'm the one over here with a starving son. She could have easily started to compare pain. I'm worse off than him. He should be helping me. But instead, she received the word of the Lord. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, God speaks to us. He says, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. I know it doesn't make sense, especially when you're fighting for your own health. But you've got to receive the word of the Lord. I mean, God could be speaking to you and saying, I'm going to bring healing to you, but it's going to be on the other side of you helping 
someone else. Sometimes when we lean into that, can we just acknowledge that not only does it not make sense, but sometimes it's painful to take my eyes off of me and to step out and try and make a difference in somebody else's life. After I had my fourth back surgery, that fourth one, they did a total disc replacement. They, they went through my stomach to get back to my back, so they were moving all kinds of stuff around. The doctor told me he literally took a hammer and, like, hammered the disc into my, my bone and my back, into my spine. And a, as I re, was waking up from anesthesia, and I was man, I was just feeling all those kinds of feels, like they had just done what they said they were going to do. That's what it felt like. And can you imagine what I thought when, when the doctor came and said, okay, we want you to, to get up now and let's start walking around. I'm like, you get up and walk around, man. You just cut me open. I'm not getting up and walking around because I felt like that's going to hurt. I'm not looking for more hurt. I'm looking to heal. But what they were teaching me is if you want to experience healing, you've got to lean into the hurt and you got up and trust, you got to get up and trust us and do what it is that we're telling you to do. Listen, it won't always make sense. You don't sit there and compare pains. But the widow did what she could. She was receiving the word of the Lord. And you and I have got to follow the doctor's orders. God doesn't want you to be unhealthy. He wants you to find a better you by not focusing on you. So he gives us some B's. I'm calling this, take these vitamin B's. I, I, I thought it was kind of cool and kind of clever. And then when I started reading it, it sounded kind of corny. But this is what it is. Take these vitamin B's. God wants us to be the friend that you want. I just wish that I had some friend. Be the friend that you want. Be the support that you need. I just wish somebody would call me. I just wish that, that somebody would help me. I just wish that somebody would bring a meal. Be the support. That you need. Be the encourager you're looking for. Be the hope dealer you're hoping for. Be a difference maker for someone else. Follow the doctor's orders. Trust the word of the Lord even when it doesn't make sense. That's something that we learned from the widow. And here's the second thing I want to give you is that she did what she could with what she had. She did what she could with what she had. And it says in verse 10, as we pick up the story, so Elijah goes to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord says, the God of Israel. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. In verse 15, it says, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. If there was ever anyone in all of history who would have had, we would have understood that, that she felt uh, justified and like there was reason to make excuses or reasons to reject an opportunity, all of us would acknowledge that this lady 
could have done that. She could have had all of the excuses, all the reasons why. But when Elijah the prophet finds her, she wasn't over in a corner pouting. She wasn't, uh, she hadn't just surrendered and given up. But instead, here she was down to her last meal. And when Elijah finds her, she's out picking up sticks. In the midst of all the questions that the son may have had, Mom, we need food. Where are we going to find food? Mom, how are we going to make it? I don't know, son. I don't know. But I'm going to go and get some sticks. If I can just find a few sticks, we can make us a little fire. Why make a little fire? Because she said, I don't have any bread. She didn't have the bread, the miracle, the provision that the prophet was looking for. But how he knew she had the ingredients for a miracle. And she wasn't giving up because she understood this. She received the word of the Lord, and she said, I'm going to do what I can with what I have because she understood that little is much when God is in it. So she said, I have a little bit of flour. I have a little bit of oil. It may not be much, but it's what I do have. We would look at it. I'm just telling you right now, listen, I'm glad it was the widow, and this story wasn't written about Scotty because I'd have messed this whole story up. Y'all wouldn't be hearing it preached today, I can promise you right now. Elijah would have said, hey, can you get me some bread? I said, no, can you get me some bread? Come on, you can call down fire from heaven. Can you get me some bread? That's what I would have been saying. A lot of times we want to focus on what we can't do. We want to focus on what we don't have. There are a lot of people who, who their motto becomes because they're just trying to say, I can't fix everything, so I'm not going to do anything. They say, I would if I could, but I can't, so I ain't. Like that becomes the motto. Like I would step in and help, I just what am I going to be able to do? And so we say, Lord, I would try and give, I just don't have enough money to give. I'm worried about it. Lord, I would serve, I just don't have enough time. Lord, I would make a difference, I would serve on the dream team, but what can I really offer. I can't preach like Pastor Herbert. I can't sing. And and so it's like sometimes you say, well, man, you may not be able to preach, you may not be able to sing, but can you smile? Just be on first impressions. Can you smile? Some of y'all are like, I don't even like to smile. Put on a mask and wave. Can you wave? You like when people come in. Can you do something? How many of you know we can do something? God has given all of us gifts and resources, and he wants us to do our very best with what we have. Do what you can with what you have. I'm sick. I'm tired. I'm discouraged. I'm lonely. Do something. Go grab some sticks. Do you have a little bit of flour? Do you have a little bit of oil? Do what you can with what you have. Romans chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Listen to verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Man, as Christians, it's so much easier to talk a better game than we play. But God wants us to not just talk about loving others. He says we can show our love for others by sharing our gifts to make a difference in their lives. 
It's amazing that your needs can be met by meeting the needs of others. You can actually get healthy by caring for other people. Don't wait for someone else to come and change your situation. I'm not trying to belittle it. I know that you may be caring a lot. I'm just saying don't wait for somebody else to come and, and, and come to your rescue. Whatever God has already placed in your hands, do what you can with what you have. Just go get some sticks. Don't sit around wishing that your circumstances would change. Just go grab some oil. Don't waste opportunities when the boat is coming and the helicopter is there. Grab some flour. Do what you can with what you have. Our health oftentimes is dependent on our willingness and our ability to help. Now, whenever we think about the needs around us, sometimes we can think it's not that big of a deal. And I want you to know that the widow could have left that little bit left on the shelf. She could have given up before she gave it all. And that would be wasted opportunity. She could have died inches away from her miracle. She could have lost hope and given up when she was just one act of obedience away from having her life miraculously, supernaturally turned around. And I don't think that it's too much to say today that as God speaks to you about whatever you're carrying and whatever you're going through, if you can for long enough, take your eyes off of your pain and look at how you can bring help or healing to someone else and just say, you know what, when I see a need, I'm going to meet it. When I find a need, I'm going to feel it. When I find a hurt, I'm going to heal it. I'm going to do whatever I can to help other people. She didn't take some huge, just one massive step. It started off with picking up some sticks. It started off with just a next step of just pouring some oil and some flour. I want you to know that small steps can lead to a big breakthrough when you do what God is calling you to do. Do you believe that today? God can lead you to a miracle. When you take simple steps, what's your next step? I don't know what God may be speaking to you. I don't know what God may be showing you. I don't know what opportunities God may be bringing your way. But I do know this tonight. We're having a dream team rally, and I can't wait for it. I'm excited about it. We've had dream teamers who've been telling us, man, during the whole COVID uh, time and, and all of the distancing and separation, we've been missing being able to serve and to, to come together in the house of God and make a difference in the lives of others. So we're having our dream team rally tonight. We have the, the times we can pull up on the screen for all of our campuses. We're going to be doing this. You don't want to miss it. Okay, see, it's going to be five o'clock, Midwest City, six o'clock. Pastor Chris and Jamie in Indy are going to be meeting there with you guys in Indianapolis at six o'clock and then seven o'clock from Northwest Campus. Pastor Herbert and Tiffany are going to be at each of the Oklahoma City locations. They're just so excited. We're so excited to get back together with our dream team. If you're like, well, I haven't been on the dream team. Well, you know what? You can come tonight and you can jump in and you can be a part. Everybody who signs up to be a part of the Dream Team is going to get a free T-shirt. Come on, the Lord's already providing. So make sure that you come to the Dream Team rally tonight. What is your next step? Let me give you this third and this final piece here of this story, and it's the climax. It's the best part because this is where God shows up and honors her faith. It says in, uh, well, let me give you the point. Point number three is that her healing came through her helping. Her healing came through helping. First Kings chapter 17, verses 15 and 16. It says that she went away and did as Elijah had told her. 
So there was, look at this. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Verse 16, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. The widow obeyed the word of the Lord. She refused to be focused solely on her own needs. She did what she could with what she had, and God brought her a miracle. Her healing came through helping. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25 says, Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. A major key to self-care is to be others-focused. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. It's called the law of the harvest, sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. But God has a way of always making sure that you get more back than you actually gave out. For the widow, it came down to just the last few drops of oil. Last little bit that she had. But she was waiting to use that for her last, her final, her one last meal. But when she took the Lord at his word and obeyed and stepped out and said, I'm going to make a difference for somebody else. I'll go make the bread for the prophet. How many of you know that her and her son had a lot of fun when they were watching it? Pouring, pouring, pouring. That's all we'll need for that. Well, look, we got a little bit left. Let's go ahead and make some more for it. Oh, that in the next day. Mom, there's still oil in the bottle. Well, honey, let's go ahead and let's make a little bit more for day, today. Maybe the Lord's going to help us today. And they poured and make a little bit more. The next day, hey, we still have enough flour. Let's go ahead and make some more of that bread. I'm ready for some of that bread. How about you? Come on, let's have it right now. Let's make some more. The next day, hey, I, I'm kind of in the mood for bread. What you feeling? Yeah, I'm thinking that too. Let's go ahead and have a little bit of bread. Day after day after day. Listen, she could have had one last meal or she could have been sustained by the provision of God by stepping out and saying, I'm going to do something to make a difference in somebody else's life. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Listen, this is the word of God. This is the word of the Lord, not just for somebody back in Bible days, but for you and for me today. When you give encouragement, it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When you give of your resources, it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When you give of your time and your talents, it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You can find your healing through helping. Do you believe that today? God wants to do a miracle in your life. He wants to help you. The question is, will you step out in faith and obey Him? Will you do whatever it is that God is calling you to do? 
where you say, man, I, I know y'all talking about groups, but I'm just not the group type. I'm afraid of groups. I'm afraid they're going to get in the groups. This is a lot of times what we think about small groups. Some of you aren't in small groups for this reason. You think we're going to get in a group. Some leader's going to get up there and they're going to say, hey, let's just start off by going around the circle and I just want everybody to tell us the worst sin that you've ever done. You go for you, you think that's the way it's going to be? You're like, I'll pass on that right there. I just don't need, need help with that one. Some of you think that they're going to get there and they're going to call on you. Be like, hey, can you sp- explain the red horse in Revelation to us? We just want to listen. You're like, no, man, I didn't know there was a horse in Revelation. And you're like, I'm not going to a small group. Some of you don't go to small groups because you're an introvert. And you're just like, man, getting groups like that, it's uncomfortable. It's painful. I break out in hives. Listen, I get it. And I know it. But I, can I just tell you that you will never be as healthy as you ought to be until you realize that there are people around you who need hope who need encouragement, who need support, who need to be built up. You need it more than you think that you do. I need it more than I think that I do. I need it. I need my small group. And there are some of you, God's going to be speaking to your heart and say, you don't want to do it? That's all the more reason why I want you to get up off this hospital bed and start walking. I know it's not not comfortable. I know it's painful. But I don't want you just to be in a group. I want you to lead a small group. Some of y'all are like, man, you just left preaching. Now you're messing. You shouldn't have done that. I don't want to lead a group. You think that you're not qualified to lead a group. One of my favorite lines from Pastor Herbert last week was he said, you wonder if you can lead a group? He said, Does your finger work? I just laughed at that. My whole family was talking about it after. He said, all you have to do is hit play because we're going to put together a video series for you. So as a leader, you just get a group of people together and you're going to hit play. You're going to let pastor take us through this series on what it looks like to get healthy. I believe that God's speaking to some of you to be a small group leader. And if you're willing to take those small steps towards a big breakthrough, knowing that your healing could be on the other side of helping, you want to be a leader, I would invite you just to text the keyword PC groups, that's what you'll be texting, PC groups to 94000. Text that and just even get more information if you want it. But I want to encourage you to step out, be a leader of a small group. Others of you, come and just join us tonight at the Dream Team Rally. It's going to be awesome. I want to have a chance just to pray over you right now because I believe that there are some of you God is saying to you, this is what's the key here. This is going to be the secret. This is going to be the unlocking for you here. Is as, a, as you take your eyes off of your own situation and you put them on helping others, I'm going to lead you to your own miracle. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes right now? I just want to pray over you. I want to pray that, I, that God would bless you. I want to pray that God would lead you to a place of healing. Maybe you are battling with some just emotional Challenges. Maybe you are struggling with depression. Maybe you're battling with anxiety. And maybe you, you may even be thinking, man, I came to this series because these panic attacks are, are so real. And Scotty, I can't, even, I can't even breathe, let alone figure out how I'm going to go and help somebody else. Can I just tell you, it's going to be so important that you just take one day at a time. Just trust the Lord today. His mercies are new every morning. You don't have to carry the weight of the world. You don't have to fix yourself. But he is saying, don't don't become fixated with self. Don't become consumed by everything I need, everything I want, everything that I have to have. He says, take a deep breath. Cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. Don't miss a single week of this series because we're going to continue to tackle just a lot of different areas that I believe God's going to help you. But today, he may be speaking to you about how you can help others.